0: listening to Paco Radio. Brought to you by Senol on FNR Football Nation Radio. Hello everybody and welcome to Paco Radio here on FNR Football Nation Radio brought to you by Senol. My name is Nick and back again for another edition this week and we've brought in two of the club legends themselves. We spoke to some of the Mini Roos coordinators last week but we're going back and having a look at sort of the senior landscape at the moment and who better than to bring in Adrian Talarico and Joseph Yusuf. Guys, welcome to the studios. Thanks for having us. Well, I guess, first of all, uh, start off with last weekend. uh, Tough game on the weekend away at Brunswick. Uh, Adrian, I mean, 1-1 draw. Not exactly ideal given the promotion race at the moment. I guess take us through that game.
1: Yeah, we definitely wanted three points there. Um, We started off well, and it's been a case of our whole season. Like, I've never really played in a team that's had so many shots on goal without (laughs) scoring as many goals as we probably deserve. But... um, We had a disallowed goal early and then after that we kept attacking, kept attacking, ended up getting a goal. Um, We looked on top, I thought, Um, and then in the second half, Brunswick come out and were credit to them a, a bit better than what they were in the first half and snagged one against us and we kept attacking as well and just couldn't get there, so... Yeah, we wanted three points. Not the way not the way it will, the world works sometimes, but yeah. One point is one point, I guess.
0: How have you seen, I guess, this season so far? Because you guys are right up there. It is very tight at the top right now, but you know, you haven't necessarily been consistent with the performances week in, week out in terms of results. But how have you seen, I guess, the first, I mean, 14, 15 games of this season?
1: I mean considering we basically did a full rebuild of the team, coaching staff and everything. I think a lot of people thought we wouldn't have been um, as competitive as what we are. Um, But if you ask me, we credit to Geelong, but Mm. I'd say we've got, you know, if not the second or third best team in the league. So, um, yeah, I think we're doing really well. There's been times where we've probably should have picked up points that we haven't. Um, But lucky enough for ourselves, whenever we kind of stuff up, it seems that the team's up there, stuff up as yeah. well. So we've had a little bit of luck. Um, I don't know how long that'll last, but we're playing well, so we're still in it. Well, Joseph, from your point
0: of view, obviously, unfortunately this season you had to call it quits quite early into the year. I guess from your point of view now being on the sidelines, I guess how have you seen this season so far? Uh, like
2: you said, very um, hot and cold. It seems like it's a, a league of two halves, so you've got your top half and your bottom half. Um I guess the bottom half, it's sort of, you know, you, you need to pick up points, which the top half are generally doing, and then it's sort of, it's very inconsistent, you know, I think if you string your games together, then you'll get a real breakaway leader, but at the moment, it's just not happening for anyone. North yeah. John did have a good run, but even then, in Moreland City,
0: they, they're, they're struggling at the moment the last couple of weeks, so... It's an inconsistent league at the moment. How have you found it from the sidelines this year? Obviously, not being able to help out on a week-to-week basis has been hard adjusting to, to life after football. Yeah, it,
2: look, it's on days where you have got to go North Geelong and you Wayne know, Warren <laughs> <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon. It's really no drama. Yeah. But, you know, other nights when you're Tim
1: Tam's on the couch, <laughs> you know,
2: when you watch your boys play and they win, you know, three or four nil at home at, and, and at CB, it is hard. You know, and you just wish you know you could be out of there again, but it is what it is you know I'm getting old now so I think it was the right thing I had to do it unfortunately my body couldn't handle it anymore
0: yeah well obviously I mean tell us a little bit about that because Alex asked you to come back specifically for one more year go again about it then obviously you got hurt again I guess take us through I guess the, the whirlwind of emotions I guess that happened through in such a short spate of time yeah
2: so well it it start like even pre pretty much pre-COVID that first year Chicky tick, took over um COVID hit and so my body would have started I just turned I was over thirty then. So that really hit me hard and then I built it up and then we stopped again and then this year I built it up again and uh I round one I got injured. I think this pre season I was on and off half the pre season. So I think the warning signs were there for me and doing my hammy round one is was like the final straw and a nail in the coffin. I just Mentally couldn't do it. You know, as mm. hard as it was getting up and going and doing rehab for three years straight almost. I only played nine games in three years. It was it was
0: tough. Yeah. It was tough. Well for you both, I mean, in terms of not playing games. I mean Adrian as well, you've had two seasons literally of no football, but about maybe ten games last year or, or so, and then this year you're finally getting some you know, non-COVID interrupted football. And I guess, how much of a relief is that that you're starting to get back to it? Did you find the adjustment difficult getting back to playing week in, week out after two interrupted years? Or how have you seen this season in that
1: sense? For me, it's... There's two sides of it, I guess. Yeah. One was kind of like what you said, we're we're not getting any younger. And to, you know, it all just to come to a stop is always hard mentally. Mm. But on the other hand, I live out in the country and <laughs> I do a lot of exercise myself. So I was yeah. running up and down the hills and, um, Tell us Superman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was literally just yeah. running and which I love, but to some extent, mm. it's, it's not the same as playing. So <clears throat> every time we did come back, I was <clears throat> looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I, the, I think the older you get, the more you love playing, but dislike everything outside of it. (laughs) Well, in
0: terms of, um, I guess, for you both, you've both spent 12 years at Pasco Vale. Joseph, you came across from from South Melbourne, correct? I guess, take us through your journey at Pasco Vale. I mean, 12 years of the club is a long time. You've seen the team in the top tier, obviously the unfortunate relegation, but everything else in between, I guess, take us through, I guess, how everything started for you at Pasco Vale. Well,
2: yeah, initially, a lot of my mates that I played with when I was younger were at Paco. So... When I left South, I was sort of just I was in a bit of no man's land. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and went to Paco. And then it's Paco is just a club where you feel at home. You know, it's it's honestly like a home. So, you know, it was like Teller and my other mates. We sort of built the the club, kept going up and up and up. And you know first year we survived relegation. Second year we were sort of mid tableish. Third year we were getting better, and then eventually you know we just kept getting better and better. So that second last year, I think we finished fourth and might have been four points off top. You know, that was a pretty good result, uh, you know, considering from where we started when I came in State 1. And then, uh, obviously, that relegation year was one to forget. And the rebuilds, you know, with Chicky, it looked like we were going back up. Unfortunately, COVID hit. And now another rebuild with Alex who, and the boys, you know, it's looking good, but it's going to be a tough year. Yeah but you know it's just Paco is a home homely sort of club you know you feel at home you know the boys are good and the the people are good there so it's felt like home that's why I never left you know if I'm happy somewhere there's no I don't like I'm happy there's no reason to leave or to do anything else so that's why for a long time Paco had people that were there for a long time Mm. apart from the relegation you know there were people that had seven, eight years uh, maybe six or seven
0: players so you know a good core there because it's Good place, good club. And for yourself, Adrian, obviously you came in the same time. Uh, I guess take us through, I guess, your experience coming to Paco and then obviously the, the whole period of time. a little bit different. Yeah.
1: I played all my juniors through Epping City, um, which was the club that was literally down the end of the street mm. from me. <laughs> um, I loved the club, um, but they weren't they were in the lower divisions and stuff. So once I started, I played like Super League through juniors, but once it started getting to reserves and seniors, kind of looked at it and said, all right, I think it's time to move on somewhere. Um, we actually met Pepe through, I did like an under-16s Vic tryout. Yeah, right. Which I was terrible in. <laughs> I was absolutely honking that day. But Pep said to us, like, um, if you ever want to, like, when you come to Pascoe Vale? And then when we looked at it, he was coach for the reserves for the next year so gave him a call and he said yeah come have a trial and um, went into the team I think I got best and fairest for the team and went straight to the seniors so yeah um, yeah like what you said I I think the club's a very homely club all the people there you know they give their, their shirt off their back to the club kind of mm-hmm. thing um, and yeah I I've never found a reason to leave <laughs> no matter Yeah. Yeah.
0: No matter what. Well I mean in terms of the your best experiences at the club, some of the experiences sort of you know you remember the most, what are some of those like favorite memories I guess that you both have because there's obviously been a lot of highs you know throughout this period I guess what are some of them that
1: probably a few you can't say
0: oh Oh, no no that's that's totally totally fine yeah just in terms of some I guess you know some of those memories you know you mentioned being so close as well one year getting to finals and everything like that and the promotions I guess take us through some of those
1: yeah definitely I remember when we got promoted I think I was 18 or 19 I had a beer and I (laughs) <laughs> I barely barely drank at the time I <laughs> um yeah but the obviously making it to the finals um was one of the biggest things for me to happen in football like I've come from nothing kind of thing so mm. I remember walking out playing and you're actually in front of a crowd for once mm. like I never really had that so oh. <laughs> um that was exciting and yeah it's just amazing to have a team that we were probably probably a group of misfits to be yeah. honest at the time <laughs> but yeah we were all we were all like um, really good mates so mm. we'd all been there for a few years and we we're all good mates so i think that's what worked for us yeah. we we're more of a team playing against you know individual players kind of thing yeah
0: and yeah, no, i for sure yourself joseph
1: yeah promotion obviously was unbelievable
0: Mm.
2: That's what we, we were the favourites, and that's what we were there like. It, was, it, was, it, was sort of not, it had to be done, so when it was, it was a relief as well as a celebration. Um, but yeah, for me, the main thing that sticks out is that yeah, the, the first finals run we had, we beat Heidelberg at theirs, and that was an epic game as it was. Went all the way the penalties. And then against South, that was another one, another epic game. Good. It was against, like Teller said, you know, big crowd. Um, it was a good, good, good game in general. Unfortunately, it was my man that scored the goal. <laughs> uh, that we didn't uh, make it further than what we did, but it was, you know, that was a very fond memory that that year. Um, and just yeah, just the friendships that we had in the club were pretty um, amazing. And of course, some a few end of season trips. Which <laughs> yeah, I will never forget that. Before. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you mentioned the finals that year, just going back to that game against Heidelberg. So obviously, we know Heidelberg. They've been up there, thereabouts for so long now, and they've had that core group that is starting to sort of move on now. There's still a few of them hanging around. But at that point, they were one of the heavyweights of Victorian football. But beating them in that game, I guess, take us through it, because it was an incredible game. It was on penalties. Um, I mean, from your point of view, how was it?
2: Um, it was... It was- Unbelievable, to be honest. We were definitely underdogs, without yep. a shadow of a doubt. But uh, playing on the day, it didn't it didn't look it at all. Um, we, we, we were on top, but uh, after we scored, they immediately scored back. They immediately scored, and that sort of set us on the back foot. And then we were sort of tit for tat for quite a while. Um, I think we probably in the end deserved it. A few people might not agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, based on the day and it was just a battle, I think we deserved that and it was just a well-deserved Paco win.
0: Yeah, and, and winning on the road as well at yeah, the village, definitely. I guess <laughs> yeah. that as well would have had that extra bit of something to it as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think most of the games that we played against Heidelberg were, yeah, you know, games. the very good games. Some of the mm. best <clears> that, we, that we played against anyone, them and South usually, mm. um... But I think those kind of games are the ones that you're just playing on like adrenaline yeah. kind of thing. At the time, you're not really thinking about it much. It's only until like mm-hmm. after the game when you sit down or, you know, the next day and you actually go, you know, wow, that, yeah. that's what we just did. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Looking back, you, yeah, you kind of don't think it in the moment how big it is, but as you get older, you're like, that yeah. was pretty crazy.
0: yeah. Well, obviously, the next season it didn't really work. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff that happened, you know, off field prior to the season, and then obviously going into the year, it was a very tough season. I guess, where did you see that things changed that season, going from a team that, in the last few years, were finals, and then the unfortunate situation of relegation? Did was there a, a difference in sort of the the mentality or the mood, or like did you did you notice a bit of a shift from season to season? I think,
2: I think we had a few key injuries, mm. uh, which. Hurt us, yep. starters, and then um, I don't know exactly how you how you'd explain it, but there was definitely was some mentality issues from not as in people didn't want to be there or do it,
1: but it was just something like I was stuck in a rut. It's almost like a football hangover, yeah. yeah thing, yeah, yeah. I I felt like we, like I said, we were a team that worked together, kind of thing, and we we were just like overachieving and overachieving Mm. and, like, peaking and peaking and then it was kind of – we hit the top of the hill kind of a bit, I think. Um, Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of other teams probably can do that and just stay in the league. Mm. You know, you see the top teams, like, Avondale might be doing it at the moment. They're not where they are usually. Yeah. So – but, yeah, with the injuries that we had, it didn't didn't really work out. Um, Yeah. Not much more you can say. No. You know, I wish I knew why Yeah, because I would have done something about it yeah. at the time. Yeah. yeah.
0: Was it at all hard for, obviously, when you get rally guys, it's not easy, but did was there ever, I guess, a moment when you thought, oh, like, you know, going back down a tier, like, you know, thought about, you know, because obviously we see with a lot of teams, a lot of players might leave, they might go to a, a top tier side. Was there ever a moment where you thought, oh, maybe I should look at, you know, maybe going back to a top tier team or was it always, all right, focus is now let's try and get this guy's get straight back up immediately like how did you guys sort of react to that that situation
2: yeah no it was it was a a decision was made in my head that I couldn't Mm. I couldn't I couldn't be happy and leave the club on a you know on a relegation season and Paco was I was bleeding Paco so there's no way I was gonna leave them where they were Mm. um, on that year and unfortunately I couldn't help him get back up but um yeah no i was there was there was no decision there that yeah. made apart from that we had to go
1: back up. absolutely yeah. yeah i think we're both pretty similar characters <clears throat> yeah we, we just couldn't let that slide i yeah. think we actually after it happened we, we were out somewhere having a beer and we basically looked at each other and just said like that's not the way it yeah. Ends, <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah obviously for myself i Played MPL, but growing up, I never thought like that I was going to or anything. So I never was like, you know, I deserve to be an MPL. This is where it's at. I just found a club that I love, work hard, kind of thing, and then yeah, it doesn't cross your mind to yeah like, leave them for someone else. Like you don't know, jump out of a sinking ship. The cat. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, yeah.
0: absolutely, and that's like obviously as you mentioned is that that sense like you are obviously captains and you, you want to stick around you want to help this team come back up and you see it with a lot of teams I guess you know that when they go down a lot of the sort of the core group do stay together um in terms of how you guys have seen Pasco Val develop as a, as a whole football club over this period of time I've spoken to other coaches directors on this show who have spoken about the growth of the club over the last few years from top to bottom I guess how have you guys seen it from a senior point of view obviously coming from a state league side to being an NPL side how have I guess you seen the club sort of go and develop over these these last decade or so? I think a
1: decade ago we wouldn't have been sitting here yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah everything's changed for the good obviously I mean it does get harder as you get older to be more and more professional about Mm -hmm. it Um, obviously with work and and life commitments yourself um, but it's definitely heading in the right direction you can see it's getting more and more professional they're doing the right things there's so many things happening in the clubs like gps bibs strength and conditioning training like back in the day we used to just run laps around an oval and and call it a day where now it's like everything's analyzed so it's definitely heading in the right direction it's very different yeah, to what it they was got,
2: they got the grant now or supposedly have the ground for
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: the, the new uh, grounds
2: and whatnot. So, I mean, when that happens, it'll be, you know, one of the better facilities in the north, if mm. you, you know, wherever else. But so
1: they're a growing club and the ambition's there. So, mm. I mean, they deserve it anyway, I think, yeah. not only for the seniors, more for the juniors. Like the amount of work they put in and you see the junior club's smashing other teams yeah, every week, week. Yeah. like yeah. they deserve to not be training on a footy over at the back like, yeah. like a dog park kind of thing so yeah but it's a credit to like the people behind the scenes they do all the work we just show up and yeah, no. <laughs> play one day and look good yeah, yeah. kind of thing Jeez.
0: No, yeah. uh, for sure, for sure. Well, I guess in terms of you know this season, it has been a, a it's a very tight you know sort of bunch at the top there, and you guys are you know no secret you see you share that ground with with Brunswick as well and everything like that. When you play those games against teams like Brunswick, Moreland City, North Geelong, Bulleen, et etc., do you feel that sense that like every point in, the, in those games is that extra bit of significance, that extra bit of weight because everyone? Even for them as well, they're feeling that extra bit of pressure. Do you do you guys
1: notice that at all? I myself, is, I've done something since I was young, <laughs> which I think coaches probably wouldn't agree with, but I literally don't look at a ladder. Oh, really? So no. I, I honestly just go to the game and play every game like it's yeah. just another game kind of thing. So on on a good day, I won't even know where the team is sitting <laughs> on the ladder. So. Yeah. And I think that honestly helps me. I don't think it's a negative thing. Obviously, you have to give credit to good teams. But Mm. in our heads, we know who a good team is and who isn't anyway. Um, But I think it just helps me. I don't feel any pressure in most games because I'm just going out there to play it doesn't matter who I'm playing against
0: yeah, yeah. What, what about for yourself Joseph obviously when you go back and you look as well how you play but obviously when, you, when you've when you been in those those big games do you notice that as a player like yeah. do you look at the ladder no. as well or are you someone <laughs> who likes to just block it out and just be like alright it's a game of football to play yeah. not even going to worry about it
2: No, no I look at the ladder I, I get g'd up yeah. especially at games like I remember last year when we played Brunswick and it was one of my first games back after injury would you believe it um <laughs> And it was a cup game against Brunswick and I knew it was a big game. And yeah, I was well and truly G'd up for that and it was a good good derby sort of game, yeah. you know, and, and all yeah. I always definitely look look to those games and make every point like it's sort of like really fight for it. Yeah. So.
0: when you play Brunswick Juventus, is there a bit of extra you know something too. We spoke to Terence Carter a few weeks ago, and he said, obviously, some of those games they get a bit fiery when you're playing the Moorland sides in particular because there's that geographical rivalry. Do do you feel that bit of extra? You know, there's a bit more edge to those games where you know them they might be a little bit more physical, and you notice that throughout the game, or is that just something that's part and parcel throughout the whole comp? I, I guess
1: for me, like the it's more not so much a club, but the team you're playing against. Yeah. So if you've played against some there's teams that. Try to get under your skin. And- yeah, Kingston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but there's there's certain teams that try to do things in a certain way and then there's teams like, say, when we played Brunswick City on the weekend, like I'm mates with a few of the players. Yeah. I'm mates with George, who's their mm. captain, and like I don't have anything against them. I obviously get G'd up for the game, but there's no extra thing there. Yeah. But there, there are teams that like when we used to play ben, no, Bentley Bentley yeah. in NPL it was like you, <laughs> you can do, tell it from the you know, outside yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would do sure. you would do everything you could to try to get anything out of that game yeah um, yeah i think the team at the time the people that you're playing against is more of a thing than the club itself because mm. like you'd know the the teams changed yeah. every year you can be playing you know You'd be playing one team and then they're all in another shirt the next yeah. year. So. Or
0: even halfway during the season. Yeah, you know, that is whole as well. team could change too, because, yeah, you know, team. we see it with the, the transfer window and everything like that. Yeah, exactly. um, have you guys had any new faces come in throughout this week, or is like, you know, come into training and, and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, so they've they've made three signings there. Yep. Yeah. Um, Aiden Gardner from Hume, who looks to be a really good signing. Mm. Um, the three signings that we've made. They've only, I've seen them in two or three sessions and yeah. I, they all look good. So credit to Alex and Ollie yeah. <laughs> and whoever else is behind. I don't know, Lou's probably doing his car dealership. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, we grabbed a fullback from GVS, Willie, who played well against us. So mm-hmm. um, I think Alex thought, you know, why not bring him in? Um, and then Tom Harris. Who Mm -hmm. come from Brimbank, I'm pretty sure, who used to play with Aiden at Hume. Yeah, right. It's always good when you sign people who know each other. Yeah. It's you try to make people as welcome as you can, but sometimes it's hard. So if they know someone there, they Mm. fit in straight away. So Yeah. Well, yeah. in
0: terms of welcoming the, the, the new players mid-year, obviously you guys being leaders of the club, I guess, you know, is there how is it, is it difficult, you know, to, to integrate players, things you've got to learn, your system, new players. You mentioned if they don't know anyone as well, from a human point of view, that's, that's difficult as well. You know, it's a daunting environment. I guess there's certain things that you guys look to do to try and adjust them and make them feel comfortable when they come into training and, and on game day? Yeah,
1: definitely. There's nothing like giving someone a fine. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I think just the more friendly and welcoming you are to them, the better. But at the same time, like, a business is business. So, um, to an extent, they've got to prove themselves as well. There's nothing – no one's telling them that. But mm. but they obviously know it's signing yeah. at that point. Like, it, it's almost like a crunch time of the year. You win the next, you know, three games, you're in a great spot, you, you stuff it up and, mm. and you're not. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they know the pressure that's on them, but at the same time, they it gen, like usually, it, like when we had Vitali, Chicky, and now even Alex, they've all tried to sign people not only on their football ability, but also if they think they're going to fit in, yeah. which I think is a big thing. You don't go signing someone with a big head mid year because yeah. it's going to do nothing for the team. So.
0: No absolutely well you mentioned before the way trips I mean you mentioned joking not having to go to Shepparton anymore going to Lang Warren I guess you know in terms of those road trips um are they difficult at all to prepare for as a player like you know the the car ride Terrence was saying like two hours in the car for him and he just he gets jittery like it's not you know it's not ideal (laughs) yeah well in terms of how you guys find it (laughs) (laughs) well in terms of how you guys find it like what, do you guys have certain, you know, sort of things that you put in place to prepare for them? Because obviously it's not like driving to CB Smith where it might be just up the road or whatever else. But is there certain things you look to put in place so, you know, you can stay focused or anything like that?
1: For myself, like, GVS is just up the road. Oh, myself. so for you, <laughs> home from, games are yeah. like So <laughs> GVS is closer than, you know, Kingston, Yeah, like a lot of teams for me. So it's not too bad. But we call the bus up there and there's just a feel when you go together as a team, mm. like, I don't know, you, you don't need any more encouragement than that. Like, it just feels good. You go out for breakfast and stuff, you're ready to play. You've, yeah. You feel a bit more professional, I think, mm. doing something like that. And then there's travelling to Langwarren, which is a complete... Well, I, there's the potholes, there's, <laughs> there's everything, everything else, you know. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a bit of a harder one, um, but... I don't know, you've got to dig deep for those games. I yeah. You... <laughs> hate the day games. Paco hate day
0: games. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like it, you know, yeah. a little bit. You know, yeah. like obviously, you know, mentioned the Lang Warren game a few weeks ago. We're not even going to talk about that too much because, you know, we, know, we saw it happened that game. Um, what we'll do is we'll take a quick break here, guys. We'll come back in about just a minute or so. We'll talk a little bit more about this season, a bit about your careers. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned here on the Facebook Live back in just a second here on Paco Radio. Don't go anywhere. Listening to Paco Radio brought to you by Senol on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to Paco Radio here on FNR Football Nation Radio. We've got Joseph Yusuf and Adrian Tallarico in studio today. Big game this Friday. Uh, Manningham at home. You mentioned Paco don't like playing during the day. Well, it's Friday night football against Manningham, who have been in some decent form as of late. They're obviously battling relegation at the moment, but they've got a few wins on the board, I guess. What sort of game are you expecting from them, considering you did play them earlier this year, this now being the reverse fixture, but what are you expecting from them this weekend?
1: Yeah, it's always interesting coming towards the end of the year. You have teams fighting for the top and teams fighting for the bottom, and um, the mental side of the game is is huge, so... (laughs) Sometimes whoever you think has the better team it might not matter if they don't show up so we know they're going to show up and we need to be on our, on our game I think they, yeah. they can play football they yeah. try to play football um, there's nothing wrong with the way they go about things so I think yeah. they probably just haven't got the results they wanted so it's good to be back Friday night at mm. home like you said earlier we're actually doing well at home for yeah. <laughs> Um so hopefully we can t- continue that
0: Well, it's really everyone. I mean, all the top teams have done really well at home, but you mentioned all the slip-ups. They're all happening on the road this season. Um, Do you notice that at all as a play? You mentioned like seasons prior on the road was where you got the points, but this year it's been almost a fortress at CB Smith. But this season, when you've gone on the road, I guess the results haven't translated entirely. Have you noticed that at all amongst the playing group? Has that been spoken about with Alex?
1: It hasn't been spoken about. I think it is something that people notice. I mean, everyone has a ladder on their phone nowadays yeah it's home and away but i think it's just the type of football we're trying to play mm. just suits a big yeah and field so it just seems to work that way <laughs> you go to a small field like uh, i don't know lang warren or morland and you're yeah trying to play and move the ball around it doesn't really happen for you <laughs> yeah
0: yeah no, nah, for sure, for sure. Well, there's one thing I want to ask you guys because we were talking to Mini Roo's guys the other day and they spoke about how you were senior players, have the opportunity to integrate a lot with some of those younger, uh, young, younger teams and they come to senior training. You guys go down and help out sometimes with them. Um, what's sort of been the, the interaction, I guess, with you guys and the juniors? And I guess seeing them get the kick out of it, how great is that that you know, they have that chance to you know, rub shoulders with you guys on you know, a weekly or bi weekly basis? Yes.
1: I think it's a great thing to be honest. Like, um, you don't want a club that's disconnected yeah. from senior to to junior at all. And I think it's something they're working on. And you can see when you come to our games when someone kicks a goal, they run to the fence and there's all yeah, the little lads over <laughs> the fence and stuff. Yeah, there's nothing better than that. So, um, yeah, if we can give back to them and and get more of them to the games and support them, then yeah, why yeah.
0: not? Have you noticed that sort of increase throughout your time as well at the club, Joseph? Like, you know, especially yeah. this year as well, seeing, you know, the, the Mini Roos guys getting involved? Yeah, definitely.
2: Like Teller said, you know, there was a big presence that are young young boys on the sidelines celebrating <coughs> and cheering, which is unbelievable. You know, mm. because hopefully, you know, those, a lot of those players will come through and be senior players. There's a photo Andre Kolakovsky has. Yeah, <laughs> probably I don't know how much older I am. Maybe 15 years. Old, something like Yeah, that. there's a photo of him. He might be un- under 8s, and I'm just one of my firsts. Paco, you know, and he's come through, and now he's in the yeah. senior setup. So it is good. It's really good when you see stuff like that. And Paco have a good junior setup there, 18s and 16s and 14s teams, like belt teams off the park. So. Yeah. Hopefully we, they start, you know, pushing in the seniors and, you know, we'll welcome in, especially always. There's always a good soft spot for a, a yeah. junior, you know, Paco boy coming through rather than yeah. signing. So yeah, good on him for, for coming and, you know, we'll always try and integrate young kids. Yeah, for sure. feel welcome and whatnot.
0: And in terms of sort of the, the bigger young kids, the 20s and the 21s, obviously there's been a bit more of a focus in terms of integrating them into the, the team, you know, David Chick started that, and now it's obviously through Alex, I guess how have you seen them sort of, you know make the leap, because it is a, a big leap, going from 21s to playing seniors football, but how have you seen those guys you know, when they've taken that opportunity, or
1: had that opportunity in the senior side I think they're doing really well, to be honest they get a lot of um, training sessions with us and there's no better place to learn mm. than from, like, who you're trying to play against, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's hard because the reserves isn't under-21s. Yeah. League, which, when I first started back in the day, reserves was, like, the over-30s, <laughs> almost. Yeah. I used to play there and get slapped around the head back at Epping City. Um, so I kind of... I guess, got toughened at a young mm. age where they technically are so much better than, say, what I was in in juniors or whatever, but there's obviously a, a manly side of it coming into the senior Yeah, sure. Senior game, so it's good for them to get exposure to that yeah
0: do they come to you guys and sort of look for advice like you know in terms of if they play a similar role to you guys even just from a leadership point of view you know do they come to you to sort of say hey like what can i do to maybe get close towards a senior team what can i do to maybe you know better myself to it might not even be just to you know get in the good books but just in terms of their own personal development as a player or even as a person whatever it might
1: be i think it's more us going to them half the time mm-hmm. like they they train with you and you you want to see him do well. You want to see everyone mm. in the team do well. So, and it's not even a necessarily a positional thing. Like, if you've played, you know, 200 senior games, you know what a striker should be doing. If you're a fullback, you know what a fullback yeah. should be doing. If you're a striker, so um, it's good to talk to them. But the good thing is the reserves boys all listen, mm. which. <laughs> is the yeah. first step. Yeah. If you're willing to listen, then you're willing to become a better player. For like sure. As soon as you, you know, put the blinkers on, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm.
0: Yeah. So do you feel that... Do, do the players still come to you as well, Joseph, in terms of even for, even for, like, the senior players? Like, as a leadership point of view as well, obviously being the captain for so long, do players come to even yourself, Adrian, and look for, like, you know, sort of tips in terms of leadership values or anything like that? Like, how do you yeah. sort of see it? Get, yeah,
2: you get players... Probably not even so much as a, from a football sense, but it players come in and chatting in when they're maybe out on the fringe or that things aren't going their way, you know, and you've got to you know, try and have a chat and, and get them going again. Mm. Um, you do get a bit of that. Not so much football stuff, you know, to be yeah. honest. So yeah. like Teller says, even with the senior boys, it's more like you're telling them, do this, not do this, do that, but no, do yeah. this, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more from a support point of view and, and being there for them if they need it. Yeah, You, you get a few players doing that. And when you see that happening, they might not be right. You just have a chat to them. Yeah.
0: yeah. So are you looking now to maybe transition to more of a coaching role now, Joseph, now that you've obviously retired? Is that, is that something that you've been interested in or something that you'd look to do at Pascoe Vale or somewhere else?
2: Yeah, it, it is. I want, it to, I want to, have, to have this year off and then I'm, I'll probably more than likely yeah, start doing my badges next year and see how it goes and it's definitely something I want to do I can't stay at home (laughs) yeah (laughs) I I need to get out and do something so yeah it's definitely something that's in the pipeline so just a matter of when I actually start doing it yeah no
0: for sure for sure what about you Adrian like obviously when you eventually like <laughs> yeah, uh, no, and only time soon I'm not, not suggesting anything but when you know is that something like you look to do with coaching like helping out the door I've never <laughs> <seen it. laughs> no no but like for, down the track in terms of um, coaching is that something you've been interested honestly, in
1: honestly I haven't even thought about it at all I mean yeah. like one second you're 18 you're Mm. some rising star and then the yeah. next minute someone's asking you when are you going to start coaching <laughs> so <laughs> apologies I, no that's alright I honestly haven't thought about it yeah um, I think I think if I do when I finish playing I think I'll have you know a little bit of time off yeah because I've been playing since I was four and a half yeah which is a long <laughs> your time your yeah. yeah I don't remember anything from before that so mm-hmm. it's your whole life so Um, When I eventually do, I think I'll, you know, have a good break and refresh. And then, yeah, I mean, I I know myself, my partner knows me. I can't sit still for two seconds. So more than likely something will happen, I think. Yeah. Well,
0: before we wrap up, we always ask the players that come in, even coaches and everything, and how they got into football when they were younger and sort of, you know, their, their junior pathways and just how they got inspired to play the game. I guess for the both of you, like what were some of your first memories growing up? I guess you mentioned four and a half when you started, but, you know, how did you guys get into football? Was it, you know, your parents? Was it friends? Like how was it, I guess, brought into your life?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure my dad one day just pulled me aside and he said, do you want to play soccer or football Yeah. AFL? And I couldn't decide, so he said, All right, you're playing soccer. <laughs> I started playing. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just sort of kept playing and playing and loved it and had been able to look back. Although I think if I played AFL, I would have done better
0: because yeah. if you can
1: you play think so? soccer, got you the, can play AFL. Got the yeah. Body for it. Yeah.
0: yeah, you got the height. Certainly, yeah. no issue yeah. for that. About yourself, Adrian.
1: Um, my dad was actually a mad AFL fan. Yeah. Loves, loves Carlton, <laughs> but. Where we grew up in Epping, literally the end of the street, and I'm talking 60 metres away, there was Mm. a soccer field. Yeah. Uh, i got two older brothers and a sister, and they all started having a little bit of a kickabout, and I was running around with shorts around my ankles kind of thing, (laughs) this little tacker, and I just used to kick the ball against the wall and stuff, and they said, do you want to join in? And that, that was that. Yeah, kind of just made myself way, like made my way into it.
0: So was Epping always your junior club? Going up, yeah. Going so through? I did yeah.
1: Epping up until I went to basketball. Yeah.
0: So, so is Epping City? Just excuse I'm a bit, bit naive with Epping City, but they still around now, or have they? Yeah, they're still around. Epping no, no yeah. they're,
1: they're actually been doing better in the, um, in the more recent years. So yeah, in state two, I would say. Yeah, right. Give me if I'm wrong. For yeah, that. no, <laughs> that's fine. Don't follow too much. Like I said, yeah. I don't even look at our own. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they're in they're in the state leagues and they actually do well now. But when I was there, I think it was provisional three. Mm. So yeah, it was a bit of a kickabout. But it was like Pascoe Vale was a family club. Mm. Um, my dad got involved in the committee and and whatnot. And yeah, yeah, just I stayed there until it was time to move on, kind of thing. And yeah.
0: What about you, Joseph? Where would your, I guess, junior career start? Um, um, I was at, uh geez, Brunswick Zebras? <laughs> yeah, a long time ago.
2: And then I went to Faulkner. For yeah, Blues uh, went played there. I went to Essen for a couple of years, and then Faulkner, then South, then Packer. So. Yeah, but definitely juniors was at Brunswick Zebras, and Faulkner. Yeah. Falkland was where really my fondest sweet memories were. Really yeah. Like. Big concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. CB Smith. Yeah. Yeah, very exactly. Much. I, was say, so I, was, is- I was wrapped when we eventually moved back there. Yeah. It felt like home. You know,
0: so what were some of those memories from Falkland? Was it just a junior football vibe in terms of that? Or like how, I guess, yeah. what were some of your memories there? Yeah.
2: yeah we, like, we had a good little team. We were in the Super League yeah and you we were always competitive. We had a few teams like like we did now, you know just that we hated and always wanted to. yeah. Know. And I was sort of a teenager, you know, early teens going all the way through to you know later in my teens, and so those were sort of fun years of my life. And I associated sad with being there at that club, you know, in good times. So yeah, that was good for me, that that youth's experience at Faulkner.
0: Did you both have sort of a specific mentor when it came to football who helped you with your developments at your junior clubs? Were there people that, you know, really, you know, you guys could go to for that sort of advice, someone who really helped, you know, really ingrain that passion for the game?
1: I had two coaches. One was a lady named Sharon who probably didn't, teachers much technically, but showed us like a love for the game. Yeah, sure. So I got that through her and then that was when I was younger and then we moved on to um, a guy named Tots (laughs) who basically took us in Super League from like – I think it might have been under 11s all the way through. Yeah, right. So we kept like the same team for that whole thing and I think us and Faulkner were one and two nearly every year. Yeah. um, Them and then (laughs) – I think one guy who helped me out, Tony Chanter, I don't know if you've met him. Yeah. When I was young, he actually sponsored me and bought me football boots and stuff. Wow. I was like 13, 14. So um, just like him doing that just gave me a kick. I was like, you know, I'm going to take this seriously kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. There's people along your way. Like my old man's probably the mm. biggest thing. Like he actually loves the game more than what I do <laughs> so yeah to see him at every game he's probably watching now <laughs> um, yeah to see him at every game and my mum as well yeah like, to have that backing and support behind you like you always want to be out there and, and sure impress and show them what you can do So yeah about yourself Joseph uh, yeah
2: f- a few good coaches along the way in that but for me this the main I had a really good time with Vitaly yeah but that was more in my senior career but as I was towards my late teens, Luch Trani was... Mm. You know, I had private training sessions with him and you know, I would go to the park and he'd kick the ball for me and I'd shoot and that and, you know, out of his own, you know, free will, you know, he's... For me, there's no one in terms of passion and just <laughs> pure love for the game than Luch, and he, he he truly, you know, wants to believe in you and, and help yeah. you know, as a player and, you know, as a player, it doesn't get better than that. You know? no. So, for me... You know, Luch, Luch is a, an example to anyone and everyone that wants to try and make it, and
0: just do whatever you can in the game. Yeah, yeah. no, and just one more question before we before we wrap. Um, if you could sort of, you know, describe Pasco Vale and sort of the vision and everything, how you guys see it now, you know, how, what what sort of the way that you guys could sum it up, like you know about Pasco Vale, you know, the the club and everything, like with your experiences over this period,
1: how do how would you guys describe it? Jimmy, <laughs> um, if you know Jimmy, um, his love for the club and love for the for the game is is immense, and I think the club kind of follows his his heart and his um, joy for the game. Um, I think obviously they're trying to get better facilities. I don't know where it's at at the moment, yeah. But I think once they land better facilities, they'll attract. Um, mm you know, some probably some bigger players as well. Um, I think it'll always have that family feel to it that Toners and everyone behind the scene there do such a good job at keeping it a family club. Um, but they just want to be professional. They wanna everything they do, they want to succeed and it's it's not just seniors, it's you know, you see the mini roos running around and they Yeah. It's yeah, next level. So
2: Yeah, no, that's, that was sums it up pretty well there. Yeah. Um, family club but I think ready to take the next step mm. you know, in, in many aspects You know, on and off the pitch, there's a lot going on there and I think that's not far off, mm. hopefully sooner rather than later because I think you know, they're, they're well and truly ready to go take the next step, whether that be further up in the B League or what, whatnot or just in the MPL 1,
0: Yeah, not in the MPL 2 Absolutely yeah. Well guys, Thank you very much for coming in. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you taking some time out and chatting to us about, you know, I guess your your careers, your you know, your experiences at Pasco Vale and obviously this season as well. So for yourself, Adrian, good luck for the, the rest of the season. Thank Joseph you. as well, good luck, I guess, for what what lies ahead. But again, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, miss any of it at home, make sure you head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it, you can listen to the podcast at any time. But we'll be back again next week for plenty more here on Paco Radio. So for myself, Nick Dovano, it's goodbye for now. You're listening to Paco Radio Brought to you by Senol On FNR Football Nation Radio